This is the GGC Life Podcast. All right, why don't you uh, turn to somebody, find somebody and say, I love you. (laughs) There's a whole bunch of people confessing their love this morning. If you're you're smart and you're wise, you've taken this opportunity to confess your undying love for a, (laughs) a secret admirers are no longer secret. Can I get an amen? You know, you know, the Bible actually says that we will be known by our love. Everybody say love. love. Our love for one another. We would be known by our love for one another. And if you've been in a family for, you know, more than a, a year or a couple of days, you'll find that it takes work <laughs> to love one another, you know, the, the person that, yeah, it takes work. And I feel like God is actually calling us into this uh, place of deep conviction about the role that love plays in a family. God is calling us to love one another. Can you turn to someone and say with conviction, I'm not asking you to do it now. It's a rhetorical question. Can you turn to someone, you know, and, and that's like been a frustration and hasn't been super helpful and truly say, I love you. I'll lay my life down for you. I, I got your back. And I feel like that's the, God is calling us into this deep conviction of love for the season ahead because uh, love is going to keep us together in a season where the world shakes. The world's always shaking. Every season the world shakes, but the kingdom of God will not, everybody say not. The kingdom of God will not be shaken. Amen? Okay, I've got a couple of words, I think. Uh, firstly, I just wanted to ask, uh, is Ruth in the room? Ruth Brown? Is she around? Ruth, sorry to embarrass you. Can you please stand up? And then also, can I also get Kate to stand up? Is that all right? Both you as well. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes God, you know how God like gives a corporate word for everybody? I think this word is just for both of you guys. And I felt like the picture that I saw when I was, when Ruth, you were playing on the keys is like this thing of, you know, having your fingers on many things. And I feel like for both of you, there's, there's something of a gift on your lives to have your fingers on many things. It's like you have this capacity or this ability or maybe this heart or passion where there's many things that you know, you have a heart for and you want to contribute to or you love. Or, but I, and I feel like there's a largeness to your calls and your life. And I feel like there's actually an upgrade that's happening in this next season where I, I don't know that, I mean, John used to be a plumber, but you know how you can have like a pipe that's yay big and then you have an attachment to go into a bigger pipe. That's a thing, right? And I feel... <laughs> Now, you don't, you don't want to go the other way where it's a big pipe attachment to a small pipe because it throttles and it can create all sorts of pressure issues, but I felt like it was the other way. So I felt like the way there's been a lot of pressure due to who knows what, but the things that are around you, I feel like there's an attachment or there's a something that's coming to your lives, even if it's a grace. I feel like a grace coming upon your lives to release the more of what God does already have in you. Like you've seen the, the emerging versions of what God has on your life, like the seed form versions and 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 it's looked like it's expressed itself in you you've got your finger on many things but I feel like there's a grace and it's not going to be there's not like a stress or a strain to it in fact the next season looks more like a, a like a an ease where there's been pressure there'll be an ease so I just I bless you guys with that word and I and I just speak uh, the favor of God and the grace of God for the season ahead to come upon you. And it's not something that a man could do in his own strength or, or strive, but it's something that God does. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. So Father, I just pour, I, I pray that you'd pour your spirit out in a fresh way over them this morning. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Very good. Is there, is there a Benjamin or a Ben in the room? Any Benjamin or Ben's in the room going out on a limb? All right. That's all right if there's not. What? Is there? Ah, very good. Nice. Rebecca Benjamin. <laughs> very good. The whole, the whole family. I'll, I'll speak this over John and Rebecca then. Uh, I, was, I was shown the picture of Jacob resting his head on the rock and he began to dream. 
And sometimes when we dream, you know, we see the ladder. So the story of this, if you don't know this story, it's a story of a man named Jacob who was later, his name was changed to Israel, was the, the father of a nation. Um, but he rested his head on this rock and he has a dream of the open heavens. And there's a ladder going up and down and angels coming uh, up and down from heaven. But sometimes when God reveals things to us, we, we see them and it's like the ladder looks like, man, I got to climb this ladder. Like I'm going to have to build this ladder. I'm going to climb this ladder. There's, there's a whole lot ahead. But I felt like this word, I, in the word, I feel like I was highlighted to the, the picture of Jacob at rest on the rock. And I feel like there's, there's something of uh, a rest. It's like a nuanced rest, but God calling you into a, a rest. It's not like a, a, you know, a ceasing or a stopping, but a rest uh, that comes from being in his word and in Christ, like mind of Christ. You know, so his head is on, on the rock and it represents the mind of Christ. And I feel like where there are things that have come to distract you from the mind of Christ in past seasons, or maybe your mind's been on other things. I feel like there's going to be a grace. Again, it's a grace that comes upon you to, to have the mind of Christ in a far uh, greater measure than you have in the past. We know that God calls us into the renewing of the mind, but I feel like it's, it's happening like a grace and it'll look like rest. And so the ladders that you see, the strategies and the things in the future, the open heaven uh, adventures and projects that God has assigned to your life, it actually looks like mind on Christ. Mind, someone gave me this word uh, a couple weeks ago and it like broke me, but it's just, it's like mind, mind, mind now what matters in the end. And the only thing that matters in the end is him. And I feel like he's calling you to have your mind on Christ in a fresh way. And it's a grace. And I feel like you have faithfully done that. And that's why you've seen this vision. But I feel like he's saying, as you see the vision, keep your mind on Christ and receive the rest that is your portion. Amen. Is that all right? Bless you guys. Okay. Let's keep going. Uh, Last week... Uh, we started, I guess, like a series or open up a theme on the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And so we're going to be continuing that today. We spoke about a couple of things. Dad, uh, my, my dad, Leo, he opened up the message and he, and he kind of uh, spoke uh, around a couple of things. He spoke about the difference between the gospel of salvation versus the gospel of the kingdom. God has not simply come to save us from our sins, but he's come to establish a new kingdom on the earth, the kingdom of heaven. God's called us to be actually be ambassadors and advances of this kingdom here on the earth. And so we'll look at what that, uh, what that means in a moment. And yeah, some, we, yeah, so it's like a key part. Another thing that was spoken last week is uh, we, we were reminded, we read the scriptures where it says that Jesus says to us, he says, the kingdom is neither here nor there, but the kingdom of heaven is within you. Say it's within me. It's within me. And so God is calling us to advance a kingdom that starts within us. And so we're going to be looking at this kingdom, uh, this kingdom advancing project. And, and this word essentially is, it's an encouragement to advance. And it's an encouragement to build, to build on this rock. And so we'll, we'll look at that in just a moment. But a big part of that is our love for one another, our faith for one another. And so we're going to look at that in just a moment. But before we get started, I've got a... A brief clip to show you from uh, another super prophetic, uh, God-fearing movie that was actually being produced at the same time as Prince of Egypt. You guys know Prince of Egypt? So Prince of Egypt, incredible film. But unfortunately, this other like incredible film that God was, you know, desiring to use to prophesy to us was overlooked because the Prince of Egypt was so successful. So I want you guys to have a look at this clip and uh, let it speak to you in Jesus' name. You can, uh, you can pump the volume if you can. Oh, no. All right, who can quote this? Like, everybody knows this. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's a nice boulder. So he says, hey, Shrek, I mean, he says, hey, I like you. What's your name? And he says, Shrek. Shrek? 
And then they, they keep moving and he's like, well, I like being with you. And then he looks over the hill and he sees this swamp and he's like, oh, what's that? And then um, Shrek's like, that's my home. And then Donkey quickly switches into like an encouraging gear and he's like, that is a nice boulder. I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder. Everybody say that is a nice boulder. <laughs> okay. And, and I felt we can stop playing that now. <laughs> See, God speaks, prophesies through everything. Um, the, the, the point of that <laughs> clip was to uh, just like a, a funny way of reminding us that God has called us to be an encouragement to one another. And what God is calling us each to build, he's also called us each to help contribute to and to encourage and to blow, blow life into and breathe wind into. Boulders are for building. Everybody say boulders are for building. And so we're going to be talking about building on the rock today. One of the key scriptures for today is going to be Matthew chapter 7. So we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 7 in just a moment. And before we get there, uh, just some key scriptures to consider. Again, the kingdom of God is within you. Another scripture uh, that I want to point us, uh, us to is 1 Timothy 6 verse 20. And it's an instruction from Paul to young Timothy to guard the deposit within him. There was a deposit within him. He was carrying what it was, to uh, the gospel of the kingdom, what it was to uh, live a kingdom life. He was carrying it. And then again, in the second letter that Paul writes to Timothy, again, at, uh, he says in 2 Timothy 1.14, he says, hey, guard the deposit. And there's something, um, in, you know, there's a reason Paul you know, time and time again, encourages young Timothy to guard the deposit. And it's because if we compromise what God has, has given and deposited, then how will we ever see the kingdom advance here on the earth? God is desiring us to guard what he has deposited so that way it can be uh, carried out effectively here on the earth and that we would see the Lord's prayer fulfilled. But we would see Jesus' desire where he prays, Lord, have your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, that we would see it fulfilled in our day and in this age. We're not waiting for an era or a time to come. Uh, we actually, we believe that there is a kingdom for now. God, Jesus says, there isn't a, it's not a there or when or who, it's now. The, he says, uh, behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's a presentness about it. And it's Luke chapter 17. If you want to write uh, the scriptures, Luke chapter 17, verse 20, the kingdom of heaven is within. 20 to 21. So if the kingdom of God is within, when we tear down the faith of our brothers and sisters to obey the word of the Lord, we are coming against the advancement of the kingdom. And God has not called us to come against it, but to advance it. Amen? So he's called us to build, build, build. Okay, so uh, one of the terms, I shared a little bit of this message uh, at our leaders gathering this week. And one of the terms I felt like God uh, was giving to me, uh, that, uh, like a term that he was it, was, it was like it would be a picture of the people, the types of people he was calling us to be. The term was a defragger, all right? Let me teach you some uh, English for those of you that don't know what that means. When something is fragmented... What does that mean? It means it's broken down. It's coming apart. And so when you defragment something, it looks like reconciling it and bringing it back together. And I feel like God has actually called us to be the type of people that know how to bring things back together, to restore them, to be the one that, that uh, defrags and not dismantles. Right? When, when we talk about, you know, great reformers, people that, you know, reformed things, theology and churches, the thing is they don't just tear it all down, they actually reform. They build. God is not interested in, in merely tearing down and, and, and pulling apart, but he's actually interested in building and advancing. Do you believe it? Okay, I'm going to embarrass some of my family this morning, and uh, they've been in church for a while now, and I'm, so it's time that they get embarrassed. My brother and sister-in-law, Dom and Dana, they're just a little bit, a uh, couple rows in there somewhere. I won't point too much of a finger to them, uh, but they've recently purchased a home, which is like super awesome, and uh, congratulations.
two. The Lord is silencing me. I think Dom's at the sound, sound desk. And um, anyway, and so they, they're doing like the massive renovation, like trying to, you know, restore the home. And, and they, it, was, it was time to pick some floorboards. And so they, they asked uh, Vanessa and I, hey, what floorboards do you like? And there was two sets. I mean, there was, a, yeah, two sets of floorboards, uh, two different samples. And I, I picked it like... You know, Dana liked one and Dom liked the other. And they're like, oh, which one do you like? <laughs> and I was really hesitant to throw my hat in the ring because I didn't want to cause any division. Um, but Dana won out in the end, which is great because I liked Dana's floorboards. So very good. Sorry, Dom. <laughs> um, but here's the thing, right? Though I value my opinion, it may not always prove valuable. Uh, I've heard it once said, a million opinions never built anything, but a clearly communicated vision is something one can build toward. And God is not calling us to, to break things down and point fingers and tear people apart. You know, there's, there are, with many, okay, you look around, look in this room, this single room alone, there's a couple hundred or something people, uh, dozens of uh, believers here, each with different stories unique callings, and they're gonna, their calling is going to be outworked differently. Their character profile, their gifting profile, they're set up with different gifts to you. And so the outworking of their call and the advancement of the kingdom is also going to look different. And so God has called us to contribute, not tear down. God has called us to contribute, not tear down. Uh, and so what, uh, the way that each person leads or pursues is going to look different. And I remember being in a, a Sunday service uh, one morning, and someone was feeling a particular word, and they came to me like, hey, I'm feeling this thing for the service, and I let them know, I'm like, I'm not actually leading the meeting, dad is, maybe go share it with dad, and dad knocked it back, he's like, oh, probably not for now, and very kindly, but sometimes we have to do that, because we're trying to discern which way the meeting's going to go, and the reality is we're all feeling different things, and uh, anyway, I went to go check on this guy, and I was just checking in to see how he's going, and he had like the most mature answer, I said, are you cool with, you know, like, how are you going? Are you okay? That word was great, but obviously we're not releasing at the moment. And uh, his response was, was pretty much, he, he, put, he shared it in like a picture. He said, I feel like, you know, sometimes our pursuit of what God wants to do here on the earth looks like us all being on different sides of the same mountain. We can all see the peak, but the path to the peak is different. And there's something of, you know, uh, surrender or uh, mutual submission or, um, you know, in humility and honor, uh, surrendering to one another the leadership in different scenarios. And, and this guy had the maturity to understand that though we could have taken it this way, that way worked really well too. And I think that's the sort of... Uh, community and culture that God is calling us into for this next season, if, if we don't uh, settle in our hearts with the fact that we, it's okay that we're very different and that we would outwork the call in different ways, then what we'll do uh, by default is begin to tear one another down in our differences. God has not called us to tear one another down, but it says in the Word that we'd be known by our love for one another. And so we're going to read Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to read about the story that Jesus tells this parable of the man who built on the rock and the man who built on the sand. You've probably heard this story before. I'm going to read it out to you, and uh, we're going to see uh, what the Lord is saying through this. Verse 24, we'll start in. Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, everybody say puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. What is the rock? He who hears the words and puts them into practice. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, notice that. Someone who hears the word of the Lord but does not put them into practice. He is like the man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. 
Now, this story has always been like an interesting story to me. Like, I, I look at the story, and I'm like, surely anyone that has an ability to build a house will know not to build a house on sand. You know, have you ever seen, apart from the guys in uh, Dubai who are working incredible <laughs> feats over there, like, you don't just set out to build your house on a beach without foundations, right? If you're going to, like... Even the people that build their house on a sand, they're, they're digging deep to find the rock. And so you look at this, this, this picture and you're like, who, who's building their house on the sand? Like whoever sets out to build their house on sand. And I believe most people actually never set out or intend to build on sand. But the, I think the important picture to catch here is to consider what is sand. Okay, and so... I stole some of Elias's sand this morning, just for a little um, cute illustration, if I can call it that. And uh, let's see if this works. Probably going to ruin the table in this moment. Okay, so we've got rock and we've got sand. All right, we've got a bunch of sand. It's like, who would ever build their house on sand? Look at all this sand. Got a lot of sand. There you go. Got some rocks in the sand, but the sand. Okay, so what are we going to do? What is rock? <laughs> oh, welcome to kindergarten. Ladies and gentlemen, rock is merely eroded sand. I don't think this is going to work. Whoa, Shaba. Everybody say Shaba. Very good. All right. All right, you can't see it, but this rock is beginning to break up into millions and millions of pieces. And the thing is, uh, you, you may have set out or intended to build on the word of the Lord, but maybe there have been people that have come up to you and torn that word down. Maybe it's, it's taken doubt or discouragement, but whatever it is, the, the word that you've heard of the Lord has been eroded. And you've slowly lost faith, you've slowly lost passion, and you've, and you've forgotten or lost, you know, the conviction that comes with hearing the word of the Lord. You've forgotten what it looks like to build on His word. And, and, and the, the saddest thing is, very often, the one that comes to smash the sand, uh, the rock, is our brother or our sister. That's the saddest part. Do you know there's only, let me just give you some like... It's not math, but let me just give you a quick Bible lesson. There's one devil. There's one Satan. There's a finite amount of, you know, uh, spirits, you know, demonic spirits or whatever they are. And they're not omnipresent. So when you hear your, your auntie or your uncle saying that they're being attacked by the devil, they're probably not. The devil will come up to them. Maybe they are like sad, unfortunate souls because the Bible, Jesus says that Peter was sifted. Uh, yeah, the, the enemy came to, and asked for Peter. And so there is an element of that. But let me just say, like, we give a lot of credit to the enemy. He deserves some credit. But we'd, we'd see a lot less eroded truth in the church if we stopped uh, going after brothers and sisters and we took responsibility to reinforce what God was doing in their life. Again, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And if we start to, you know, rather than lay out the red carpet for the kingdom of heaven to manifest through the, the, the life of our brother or sister, we, we tear them down, we box them up, then we miss out on the fullness of the kingdom of heaven being expressed. God is calling us to celebrate, to protect, to, to, to encourage, to believe in the contribution that we each have to make to this kingdom advancement. Amen? All right. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. <laughs> Very good. Sand is exhausted, broken, weathered, eroded rock. And there's a move to deconstruct, to dismantle. I tell you why, it's easy to pick out what's going wrong. Easy to pick out what's going wrong in, in your friend's life, in your family's life, in your church's life, in your workplace's life. Your, your boss could do better here and this person could do better there. Uh, but God has called us to defragment or to distill, to bring things together. And I've sat through meetings where it feels like things are going nowhere, like brainstorm meetings, and everyone's got a reason for why something's not working. But <laughs> what's far and few between are contributors 
You know, builders. Everybody say builders. Jesus languages it as laborers. The harvest is white or ripe for the harvest, for the picking. But the laborers are few. It's interesting to consider that the believers may not be few, but the laborers are few. It's interesting to consider that the story of the man who built on the rock versus the one who built on the sand is a story of two people that did hear the word of the Lord. They both heard it. One put it into practice and the other did not. You know, the week before we closed on the purchase of this building, I had, you know, uh, a, a couple, like one or two people come up and they started challenging, um, you know, the whole endeavor. And they're like, you know, are we still, are we, sh- are we really doing this? Are we got 1.6 mil left to, to close this thing? You know, in the, in the midst of something like that, where God has obviously, you know, very clearly given a vision or, and prophetic confirmation to our leaders that we're going after something, it's not very helpful, but it is easy to point and to sit and to make, uh, I had language for this. Let me see. It's not here. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, God has not called us to be observational conversationalists. That's when we look at something, we observe it, and we speak it. And we sound, you know, intelligent and we sound above it. You know, it's not, it's, it's very easy to point at a sinking ship and say it's sinking. But it's another thing to consider what God commands us, to call things that are not as if they were. And in a moment of this, you know, trying to secure this building, which is going to be a, a legacy for the church of Leichhardt, not Glorious Gospel Church, but for what God does in this city, but then also in Sydney, then also in Australia, then also in Philippines, then also in the nations, we're setting ourselves up here so we're not paying, you know, 200 to 500,000, half a million dollars annually in rent with the living costs going up and up and up, but that we would set up for generational success like the Anglicans did, like the Catholics did, like the Baptists have. And God is calling us to consider what it means to advance in this season. And so, uh, I put more weight on the voice of those that are willing to build than those that have never attempted. Let me explain that. Uh, when I, before I had a child, I'd look around at children running around and I'd be like, hey, control your children, mate. <laughs> Why are they running around like that? Uh, it's too noisy and it's way too rowdy. I can't hear the message. And the poor people in the back row can't hear the, children, the, can't hear the preacher. And uh, there's an element of grace that comes upon me. Once I had a child, and I'm like, flip, this like, this isn't, <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day. I'm like, this takes a bit of work, you know, and there's, this is a person, there's an organic big, and there's, well, you can't, you can't control, and sometimes they're angry, and I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, let your children loose, if you want, or whatever, <laughs> but it's like the difference between snobbery and empathy, and God has called us to be contributors. Uh, Col- Colossians 1 speaks of the picture, uh, it, the picture of Christ, who Jesus is, the very definition of Christ and G- who he was, was he was the one that would bring all things together, that he would, let me um, find it, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and visible, everything, thrones, rulers, authority, all things created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Again, that language of all things being held together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So then everything you might have supremacy. How could you, like, it's not going to work that Christ, like, how could we ever consider that our brother, our sister, the church down the road is a part and worth tearing down from what God is desiring to do when Jesus is coming back from a church that is united in Him. He's called us to be united in Him. And, and it talks about uh, God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him and through Him to reconcile Himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. I think it's a beautiful picture of who Jesus is. 
Okay, so God has called us to be kingdom builders. Let me clarify this term because it's been used for other things. To be a kingdom builder is not to be a part of a finance team or like a, a, a contributor to, to build, buying a building. Um, but a kingdom builder is one who takes responsibility to advance the kingdom. And so I think there's, there, there are a couple of roles that we play uh, in this. And so as we kind of get to the end of this thing, uh, I want to I touch on these three things. Firstly, God calls us to partner with Him for the vision. Proverbs 29, is it Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, people cast off restraints or, or people perish. And so the vision is the rock we build on. The vision is the rock that Jacob rests his head on. The vision is the, the church that Jesus sees that will be built on the rock and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And God is calling us to build on the rock. And so God has called us to partner with him, not, not just every uh, believer with an opinion, but a council, a partnership, primary partnership. And so I think someone, I think John has been talking a little bit about Rehoboam in 1 Kings 12. There's a story of a king who he, he went to the elders about how uh, to, to ask some like wisdom, ask for some wisdom on how to lead the, the children of Israel into the next season to, to, to lead a united kingdom. They gave some counsel. They essentially said, you know, uh, have grace for these people, give them, give them some rest or something like that. And then he went to his, uh, his friends or his brothers and, and they, were, they had grown up with him in the kingdom and they they told him, hey, go to them and say, you're going to work them even harder so they can respect you, harder than the last king. And so he, he, he heeded the word of his friends and ended up losing all of Israel. He actually went on the run because everyone wanted to kill him. And so I think there's this, there's this uh, difference here of like, who is God calling us uh, to consider when going after the will of God here for the earth and the will of God for our lives. And there's a primary partnership. Uh, in, a, in a democratic society, we seek to have the approval of the majority. Right? So when, when we vote, you know, we vote for new leaders and all of that. We're in a current era where we, we live in a democracy and we seek the, you know, what's the, what is the population majority desire uh, what, what's the outcome of the majority of the population, sorry. And, and that's how we kind of operate. But a kingdom is very different. And you can't, you can't build something that can be in conflict with the majority when the majority is in rebellion and the majority wants something to happen. And so God has called us not to just seek the approval of the majority. Uh, Jesus came not to seek the approval of men or multitudes, but to represent the intent of his Father under the authority of God. It's kingdom, not democracy. Now, this doesn't mean we go deaf to the body of Christ. And we'll talk about that in a bit. We know that we prophesy in part. We know that there are many parts to one body, but what it demonstrates is like a creation order that we are to work under the authority of God, not to compromise our own authority. So we have all authority in Christ, right? And yet Romans 13 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority that which God has established. Uh, there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Hebrews 13 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning. Matthew 22 verse 21, Give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. There's like a compartmentalization there where we recognize there's an element of what we have and who we are that goes to Caesar and there's an element of who we are and what we have that goes to God, the image of God that we bear. And so partner with leadership, partner with godly authority to see the outworking of the kingdom of heaven in your life be manifest. Amen? Secondly, uh, God has actually called us to pave it, Okay. Uh, we're, we're working, oh, sorry, we're cultivating something. So don't just hear it. So partner to hear the vision, but then God is calling us to actually pave it. Uh, 
Try working with what he has said versus struggling through what he has yet to say. This morning, God was speaking to me about the paralysis of analysis. Sometimes we're, we're trying to analyze everything. And, we, and then because we're just considering all the possible options, we don't get things done. Any procrastinators in the room? I'm one of them, unfortunately. And, it's, and often, like if I can just speak on behalf of all procrastinators, it's because we're so attuned to all the possibilities, right? And like we're, we're thinking, wow, that can happen, that can happen, we could do this. Wow, how great would it be if we also did this and we can add this? And then you end up doing nothing, <laughs> um, unfortunately. But God has called us to pave, not to, not to just partner, not to just consider, but to begin to pave. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, having a plan is not enough. You have to execute. You know, when I got married and did this like crazy workout regime, uh, to make sure I had abs for my wedding, <laughs> something like that. And I, and I still got this PDF. I sent it to John recently. So check up on him in 15 weeks and see what he's looking like. But I have this PDF on my phone and it's called 15 Weeks to Get Ripped. <laughs> you, can get, you can get ripped in 15 <laughs> weeks. The thing is, if I have the PDF on my phone, but I never outwork it, if I, if I partner to receive this download from menshealthfitness.com or something, but I never pave the pathway to it, I'll never see the fulfillment of what I saw downloaded. Amen? Like, you know, I think there are people here who have heard God, but are hesitating. And it's not always a big herd, like you heard it, but sometimes it's a little herd. I was in um, Melbourne a couple of weeks ago at a conference at Numa Church in Melbourne, where Herman's actually now at, and they had like some prophetic booths. So I don't often go to our church prophetic booths because I just feel like, you know, you guys know me already, and so I just won't, <laughs> won't let you give me some... No, I'm joking. But... <laughs> But I, I'm like, oh, wow, a prophetic booths with people that don't know me. I'm going to go pursue the prophetic booths. And, you know, it's like so annoying. We lined up and it was annoyingly amazing or amazingly annoying. I don't know which way to put it. But we sat down and firstly, um, I woke up that morning uh, with like this picture of an egg cracking. Which I think like represents new life. Anyway, I sat down and the guy starts prophesying about a, an egg that was cracking and I'm like, wow, that's really awesome. Like, great confirmation, but also, like, God already told me that, <laughs> you know? And then I didn't tell him that. I told him after. And then the second word, uh, the second word was uh, this, the lady was like, hey, I feel like God has called you to go back to some of the prophetic words you've recorded and put on the shelf. And I was like, oh, awesome. So two words about words that I already know. <laughs> and, and, but you know why I think we caught that is like God has called us not to hesitate on what we've already heard. Right? At some point, there comes a time to get building. You know, 33 years ago, dad started a church in his mother's lounge room. And no one rocked up for the first service. And, and he could have given up in that moment or he could have continued to build. And he did. He continued to build on the rock, which is the word of the Lord that he heard and do activating and doing the word of the Lord. And 33 years later, we have a place to call home, a safe place, a healthy place. Brothers and sisters are part of the community. And it's not all about mom and dad. It's now about brothers and sisters. And there's a wide community. And there's an impact that this church has in the nations. And there's an impact that God has through us in this city. You know, a couple of weeks ago when we, not weeks, how long ago was it when we had the equip? When we had the equip uh, a month or two ago, the pub reports back to us that they're just so blown away uh, by all the people that attended that week. They said, um, next time you hold these conferences, just let us know. We'll make as much room as we need for you. We've never seen so many people uh, shout other people's meals. Uh, we've never seen so many people giving, like all their staff were like super blessed and encouraged with like prophetic words. Like it was, it was insane. There was, he was obviously experiencing heaven on earth. What is the practical expression of heaven on earth? The cultures of earth being replaced with the cultures of heaven. Healing, freedom, deliverance, kindness, joy, self-control, crime rates plummeting, families being reunited and restored, cultures of, of like th that you would see 
true love expressed in family and, and that families would stop uh, eating, biting each other's heads off, you know, like the sort of love, <laughs> am I speaking to anybody in the room? God has called us to see this happen and there comes a time to get building. I think of uh, Lucas D, Curtis and Sarah who've recently left and they've uh, relocated to America they're going viral on YouTube, and I, and I remember talking to, I don't know, if, I think it was Lucas at one point, and like, kind of, he was wrestling through like the uncomfortability of paving a path forward in unfamiliar territory. It can be really like unsettling, you know, like if you've ever moved to a new church, or if you've ever new, moved to a new city, it's just like, it's not, it's not like, it's not, no one's looking for that, you know what I mean? Unfamiliar territory, and and I remember sharing with him, like, at some point, there comes a time to get building. And, he, like, he knew that there's a trajectory for his life, and it's possibly in America. And it's always going to feel uncomfortable to pave a pathway in unfamiliar territory where there is no pathway. If you've ever gone bushwalking in the, in the middle of the brush and it's like, you know, there's no pathway, you know that the best tracks are off track, but you've got to pave that way. You've got to pave that way. And I think about Robbie and Anna, who recently planting, recently planted slash are planting in Brisbane. You know, they're having their first gathering on Friday or Saturday this coming week, which is incredible. And it's all happening. And for them, like I remember them um, sharing about how they didn't you know, feel completely ready, but there's a reality that at some point you have to start. You know, you may think you've done all the necessary marriage counseling and uh, pre-marriage training or equipping or conferences or whatever, but when you get married, it's different. <laughs> you, may, you may have gone through all sorts of therapy to raise children and training and courses and whatever. When you have children, it's different. There's a reality that you can prepare, 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 but there comes a time to pave. And God is actually calling us to enter into that season of paving, having children, starting businesses. You may not feel ready, dating, marrying, launching a ministry, making disciples. I can't tell you how many times I've had believers come to me and say, I'm worried about making disciples because I don't know what to disciple them into. Can I just say something? And I'm saying this like, you know, with a grain of salt, but I have those same insecurities. I, I, I look up at Jesus and I think, I think about the measure of all that he is. And I think, how can I ever accurately or effectively convey who he is to someone. I'm always going to fall short. That's what I'm thinking. And I can get the, the analysis of paralysis and I can begin to step back and not contribute. But can I just say like God uses us in our imperfection. Consider that he is both the author and the finisher of our faith. He's, he doesn't just start us and leave us. He starts us and completes us. It can be daunting, but if the Lord spoke it, he will stoke it. If it's the Lord's way, it's the Lord's pay. Can I get an amen? If it's the Lord's will, it's the Lord's bill. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Seriously, he will sustain it and complete it. Hebrews 12, 2, author and finisher. Isaiah 55, 11, word does not return void. Lastly, and I'll finish on this. Thank you for your extra time. I know you're not sitting there willingly, but I've got you hostage. And I'm going to complete this, this word. I really feel, and this is the love, the love thing. God has called us to, um, to partner. Then he's called us also to pave to it. So partner for it, for it pave toward it, and protect through it. God has called us to protect through it as the building is happening. And as, as people are getting on their way, God has called us to protect. You know, Matthew 16 gives us this, uh, we, we read the story about the, the, this interaction between Peter and Jesus. And Jesus is asking Peter, he says, Peter, who do they say I am? And he says, some say you're the prophet, some say you're, uh, you know, John, and some people say this and that. And then he says, who do you say I am? And he says, you are the Messiah, son of the living God. He had a revelation of who Christ was. Again, Jacob rested his head and he was called Israel. God is looking for people that know who he is. Because when we know who he is, we can carry out the release of the kingdom. We can recognize what's not him and what is him. 
in our homes, in our businesses, in our workplaces, in our families, in our marriages, stewarding how we parent our children, stewarding how we uh, children our parents. <laughs> I don't know if it's the right word, but like being parented by our parents. And, and God gives us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Sorry, actually, let me correct that. The language is He gives us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I think this is like really important. Sometimes we say the keys to the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is within us, but he gives us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And now we walk around with this authority that belongs to us to release what's already inside of us. His church, this, this kingdom carrying church will not be overcome. And on this rock, the unbroken, uncompromised, uneroded rock, the revelation of Christ, the hearing of His Word and the doing of His Word, on the hearing of His Word and the doing of His Word, He will build His church. On the hearing of His Word and the doing of His Word, He will build His church. And so I love that Jesus asked uh, to check what he was building. And he asks Peter, hey, so who do, you, who do you think I am? And it's like, there is a check. And so there's always a check. But if people are building on Christ, then God's called us to protect. And so I think about some people that I, you know, I've come across in my life that are carrying like a heavy load of faith. Like God has called them to a kingdom assignment that is massive, and sometimes we enter, I mean, maybe you feel like you're in that space. And, and, and I feel like this picture accurately like sort of, um, you know, encapsulates those seasons. And, and it's like you're a heavy load truck, like a heavy load semi-trailer. And your turning circle is limited and you're not able to hit certain speeds. Uh, or maybe you feel like you're in a different season. Maybe you feel like you're in, you're like one of those like, you know, uh, like a motorbike. And, and you can just whiz around and, and, you know, head this way, head that way. And you look at those people carrying a heavy load and it's frustrating. Trust me, I've been there. I've been in times when I've been uh, less, I've been in a season where I'm not having to carry as much. And at, in those moments, I will, I will carry more frustration for those carrying a heavy load and forget to consider that my love is a key component to their success. That God says we will be known by our love for one another. Anyway, and so we see uh, these heavy load trucks on the road, maybe in your lane. I just want to say this. It's okay that they're on the road. They're carrying a heavy load. What seems frustrating or confusing to us makes sense in the context of what we carry. And if we want the heaviness of heaven to be released, we need to get better at protecting and guarding those of our family that are carrying heavy loads. Those that are carrying heavy loads. This isn't about excusing bad habits or, or behaviors, but it is about celebrating the virtue that love covers the multitude of sins, you know, where they fall short maybe, of what you desire, uh, there's a reason love covers a multitude of sins. It's because we, we, sin, we, we sin to each other all the time. That's, just, that's, that's currently the state of the church. And recognizing, the second thing is, recognizing the weight they carry and the, pro- the priority we should have to protect them. Pray for your elders. I think about uh, the picture of Noah and his sons. When Noah was drunk, I think about, I'm not saying the elders are drunk, but I'm saying like in different contexts, fathers and people around you, Noah was found drunk and one son went to expose him. Another son, uh, the other two sons went to go guard, uh, protect him. And, and I think that goes for fathers, it goes for sons, it goes for brothers, it goes for sisters, mothers, daughters. God is calling us to protect one another, to guard one another. And when we do, we can build, build, build. There is coming a revival harvest and waves of glory and countless salvations and unspeakable testimonies. In the midst of that, of, of these, these outpourings and these outbreaks, there will be attempts to erode what God establishes. Don't allow the devil to dismantle what the Lord loves. 
You were called to the ministry of defragmentation, uniting people under the headship of Christ and the power of His Word, the rock. God has not called us to build on the sand, but He's called us to build on the rock and He's called each of us to build on the rock. And so I feel like in this next season, God is calling us to raise our guard up for one another and to link arms and to consider what God is doing in our neighbor's heart and to spur them on, to blow, uh, breathe wind into their sails. Amen? Why don't we stand to our feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm going to pray for us. I feel like if there's anyone here, this message is certainly not targeted at anyone. uh, But if you feel like this message is speaking to you, maybe from the angle of uh, you've, you've contributed to the tearing down of your brother or your sister, I feel like God wants to heal you from that. There's not a condemnation here. This isn't about in the same way that God has not called us to hold others back. This isn't to, to hold a message to hold those of us that have fallen into this. We all fall into this from time to time. Um, but I feel like there's a healing that God wants to bring to you. Um, that, that shame would come off of you. There's no need to have shame. And then I also feel like there's like a fresh, uh, a fresh sort of grace to pursue the Lord's Word and to outwork it in this season. So if you feel like you've built in sand and maybe you, you look at the words that have been, have been given to you, you've heard them, but you've hesitated. I feel like the Lord is doing like a transplanting right now, that it's not over, that as long as you're still standing, you know, uh, Proverbs says that a righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. And so I think about if, if you feel like you're in a place where you, you can't currently on sand, God is taking the house of your life and He's putting He's placing you on the rock. And so I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna pray that the Spirit does the work that only He can do. Amen. He's the finisher. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and minister to your people this morning. Father, we just pray that you would do a healing work in in anyone that has felt the shame of contributing to the tearing down of your kingdom. Father, we know that you are the reconciler and the redeemer. So I thank you even now that you are reconciling sons and daughters to your vision and to the rock. And Father, even now, I thank you, God, for the hearts that are here, surrendered once again to hear your voice and without hesitation that they would obey your voice. And I thank you, God, that you're giving us a grace for the season ahead to hear and not hesitate to receive and to carry out. And Father, I just pray uh, that you would also uh, give fresh vision to your people. Remind them of all that you've called them into and grace them for the season ahead, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.